Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of At Joel Cupcake Unedited with me, At Joel Cupcake, your boy. How are we doing, everybody? Took last week off. There was construction on my apartment. There were just things that didn't line up for my guest. Uh, you know, just I just wanted to give everybody a nice little break, give myself a break. You know, sometimes all this shit can be overwhelming with what's going on. And, you know, uh, I'm trying to stay busy, and I guess I just got a little too busy last week. Um, yeah. Uh, real quick updates with me, you know, be sure to hit that subscribe button down there on YouTube. A lot of you are tuning in on the, via the podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this show is a little bit more entertaining when you can watch my dumb shit, but I still appreciate it. So thank you. Um, you know, I am on Twitch. I have like an exclusive live Twitch show that I'm doing the first Saturday of every month called Joel Cupcake's Creative Counter, co-hosted by Andrew Baird from Fallujah. Uh, we have a rotating panel of guests. It's awesome. We just did the first one. It was sick. Uh, I'm also gaming a few nights a week and Penup's live streaming concerts off of my my Twitch channel as well. So you could uh, find me at just twitch.tv slash Joel Cupcake. Nice and easy. Uh, it's down there in the description below. Uh, anyways, we're back to a guest this episode. That's right. Headsets on. You know what that means. We have a homie. This is uh, somebody I've gotten to know really well over the last couple of years in the music industry. He's, uh, you know... <clears throat> I like to consider myself a mid-sized artist manager, you know, or I'm not a big dog, but I'm not, I'm not a little dog. This is one of my favorite other like medium-sized managers that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. Um, we've got the one, the only Mishko from 10 and 8 Management. What the fuck is up, everyone? What's up, What's up, Nicholas? How we doing, dude? I'm doing good, my brother. Doing good. Busy dude. day. Dude, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. I know I know we're both busy. You're on top of all the other nonsense you do, you're a fucking homeowner and a father. So yes, I, I super another one on the way. Yeah, and you have a second a second one coming. So I yes, super sir. appreciate you taking the time to be on the show with me, my dude. Of course. Anything for you, you know that. I'm gonna start with a question I know the answer to, but I know a lot of the people listening are gonna want to know if it's the truth or not. Ten and eight management. You you named it that because you have two different size feet and those are the feet sizes, right? Yes, I am. All right, tight. Always got to get the the question you know everyone wants to know out of the way first. It's the best icebreaker in the world. You know, you know, I do I do a lot of conferences and like I'll mm -hmm. see people the next year and they're like, oh fuck, like they'll bring their friends like, come here, look, it's this guy I was telling you about and like. They'll be like, show them the feet. And I'm like, yeah, it's the best icebreaker in the world. And it just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's quirky. It's whatever. It's something. Don't you have to buy two pairs of shoes or can you like custom order? To. I used to, I got hookup. We, we, so people who have two different size feet, we have, we have what we call a uh, soulmates. So like, I know a guy, I know a couple guys that are, so I'm a 10 and eight. I know yeah. guys that and we, we, we swap shoes. Like we, we help each other out. That's it's fucking smart. Yeah, it's the great. It's the greatest thing in the world. Like, not. I don't even think about that, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got a guy up in Detroit. Um, like, I'll buy shoes and like, especially like during the winter. Like, I'll buy boots and he'll buy boots and like, we'll just give each other our left because we have leftovers, you know. It, yeah. It, so, yep, ten and eight management. That's how it came to That's be. Tight. That dude, that whole soulmate thing. That is actually fucking sick. Like. Look at that. Look at that. It's been three minutes and 50 seconds, but I fucking learned something already. I knew yeah, I knew yeah. having you I knew having you on here was going to be a fucking amazing. Oh, um, all right. Let's go back, Mishko. Like, I want 
I want, let's go all the way back. Like little Mishko, like oh, young wow. Mishko. Like, how did you get into music? Like, start from the fucking beginning. Like, woo, we're going back. All right. Um, we're going back. I would say, shit, junior, uh, junior year of high school. Like, all my friends were in bands and shit. I've never been in a band. I don't play. Okay. I have guitar. I can't. I just. I'm. I am the most uh, unmusical. Like I, I'm just. I'm the business guy. I love the business of music. So, anyways, uh, end of high school. Shit. Real world's coming. Got to go to college. Don't know what to do. Don't. You know. I hear some people talking about music might be a career. I, I'm like, nah, that could be cool. So I start researching it. And believe it or not, so back in the day, day, um, before you could like Google internships, I went to the library and I pulled okay. out music industry books and looked up every. There's books on that? No, just kidding. Yeah, back in the day, they were. So I pulled up and then um, I found a book called AR by Bill Flanagan. Uh, story about a talent scout finds a band, signs them, they blow up. I'm like, I'm reading it. I'm like, this is fucking cool. You know, I'm 17, yeah. 18 years old. I'm like, this is fun. I actually have the book on my shelf back there because I had to buy a copy. And I might have to I might have to pick that up just because it's dude, it's always um, interesting to read stuff from our, our career path. You know what I mean? Oh, dude. So I read that book and also all these music industry books, they all said the same same thing. And like, you know, you need to do um you need to do an internship. You need to do you, you need to get your chops. So like, I, you know, yeah. so, so I, so I get into college and, um, I, you know, I go for media communication and business marketing and, you know, a couple years go by join, you know, the live events team at, you know, Youngstown state university doing shows and whatnot. And I go through, so like I'm towards the end of my college career and I, I, I need an internship. So I, I go through every CD I own and I open that motherfucker up and I look for in the liner notes, Sony Records, Universal, Epitaph, Hopeless, um, Apco Records, every, every, yeah. I went 400 CDs and I emailed every single one of those motherfuckers every, and I, um, you know, I, so, so this would be like 2007 and okay. I had, I had a couple interviews with Universal. Um, I had a couple interviews with Sony, um, you know, feeling it out. Cause I'm, you know, I was in Ohio. I still am, but mm -hmm. you know, at the, you know, at the time, you had to either be in, I mean, you know, this, you had to be in LA, Nashville, or New York. Yeah. That, that's where it was before, you know, before Facebook and everything popped off. And so, anyway, so the MySpace days. Uh, so I put the out good, all the good, the good old days, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I put out all my resumes and I'm getting interviews left and right. And, yeah. um, oh, Side story, so little fun, little cool thing. Uh, one of the internships I did consider was uh, Universal Records wanted me to do marketing for. They couldn't tell me then, but they said there's a phone coming, and it's going to be the smartest phone you've ever seen. And we want to send mm. coupons on college radio. And I'm like, what do you? And I'm talking to the guy. He's like, I can't tell you, but it's going to be a computer in your pocket. Six months later, that phone was the iPhone. That's crazy, and, dude. Yeah, and like the labels were already the majors were like already aware of it coming, like preparing for it. So, yeah. anyways, 
um, I ended up getting internship at Rockridge Music. And that was 2008, uh, working for Real Big Fish. Believe it or not, one of the very That's first so bands ever was Psycho Stick. I did the marketing for them. Yeah. That's and sick. That's when they're, yeah, and it's into, and years later to know Defonce in the whole mm-hmm. team associated with Psycho Stance, small, yeah. small Psycho Stick. So anyways, Psycho Stick, three doors down. Um, so anyways, did that first summer, I fell in love with the music business. Yeah. But I fucking fell in love. We're talking, it was MySpace marketing. Dude, I was 20, I was 22 and I had, God, I had 300 record stores as contacts. I was mailing them, press, press stuff, you know, back in the day. An internship wasn't just posting shit. It was you, you called radio. Are they playing stuff? What are people asking for? Is is the CD up on the display case? You know, yeah. you, dude, I, I had to fax in sound scans. There was no fucking app. There was none of this. No, you faxed it in a code every Thursday to sound scan to make sure that shit was done. Um, so I did that for, you know, I did that for summer and then I, you know, I got back to the grind of the other labels I knew and I got a job at Apco Records later that year and I worked there for four and a half more years and that's where yeah. I learned the royalties and licensing when our clients were the the Rolling Stones, the Who, you know, we did some Bob Seger stuff and, you know, they're, you know, they're one of the largest independent, you know, record labels in the world. They, you know, yeah. they're, they're hundreds of millions of dollars a year, you know, yes. I worked on. You know, the call, you know, I had a chance. I worked on um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We did that. We did um, the Call of Duty games, you know, all the licensing. Anyway, yeah. fast forward. Um, after doing that for four, five years, I, you know, I wanted to get back to working with art. I wanted to get back to working with musicians and bands. Yeah. So I found one, and then one led to three. And then three led to five. And the next yeah. thing I know, I'm, you know, my, my wife wanted to move back to Ohio. I'm like, I got a chance, you know? So I cashed out a 401k from the, the, the nice cushy label job in New York, left that and been doing 10 and eight management full time, eight years now. And we're on our awesome. second offices. We got 20, we've got 20 clients. And before COVID we were doing a thousand shows every 18 months. And you know, yeah. It's, you know, we're, we're, ble- we're doing okay, but like, it's, it's, COVID's made it fucking hard. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Man. COVID's made it fucking hard for, yeah, I fucking feel that. So, so, so like, what was the push between like, you know, doing royalties and stuff at ABCO? Like, well, when were you like, I want to try the management thing? Like where you, you know, was the band, the first band you found were they, were they homies from New York? Was it just a band you thought was good that, that should, that needed a better push? Like what really drove that? choice for you so the first real real client i have i still manage to this day awesome and i found yeah his name's butch parnell he's a country artist i've toured with him you know i've gotten him label deals i've been working with him he's been with me since day one he's the real og anyways awesome. i found him i was late going home and i missed my subway and in the distance i heard a country band playing with 300 people surrounding him and I was I was blown away. I still am blown yeah. away when he performs. And I just fell in love with the music. And after enough uh, buying him lunches and PBRs, he finally let me. Uh, he trusted this uh, this fucking guy right here to to work with him. And then so PBR, dude, it's the best negotiating tool in our arsenal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and then it's just. 
you know, one to, you know, one turned into three. And the next thing I know, I've got labels wanting me to do their royalties on the side and I've got yeah. you know, people licensing questions. And it's, it's a blessing that I, you know, it, it goes back to what you and I said the other, uh, we're talking about the other day is, you know, a lot of our peers, they came up through shows and I came up through learning, you know, kind of like the corporate background, you know, getting to which is, which, which is important because a lot of people like, you know, I mean, every time you and I talk about royalty stuff, I'm like, fuck, I didn't know that. Like, you know, I'm sure there's still some bands that like I actually need to talk to you about later where, where I know that they're, they're short on some money that they should be owed that they probably don't even yeah. know how to collect. So that's crazy. So well, that's awesome, dude. Like that's, that's so sick. Yeah. That... Fucking motorcycles, man. Sorry. That's Every time right, I'm man. doing an episode, it's like that or the fucking guy shows up with the fucking weed whacker or fucking something. You know what I mean? So fucking, yeah. It's all right. Uh, well, that's tight, dude. Like, I didn't see. I didn't know your full story. I just knew about Abco and some of that stuff. I didn't know your first artist was a country artist. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I know you. Because you have some artists that dabble in the same world that I dabble in. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, that's awesome. And then, like, obviously, I know Alex who works for you, Mr. McGinnis, yeah. and like yeah. we've all crossed paths at Nam and some of that stuff. By the way, did you fucking see that they canceled Nam, dude? Not happy about it. What are we gonna do? Like, I'm I need my, I need my fucking, I need my fucking, goddamn fucking whiskey coke and hot and like three days of hot tubbing, dude. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not happy. I unfortunately feel that it is the beginning of many cancellations for next year. So, oh yeah, I, well especially, especially, especially like you and I both live in places where people don't have their shit together. Yeah. Again, we're just speculating. Nobody blow it up. No one take it out of proportion. You know. Nah, nobody. Just... Nobody will. And if they do, fuck them. Who cares? Whatever, dude. Like, I'm also a promoter, so like me, me saying something like that, like it's speculation, but it's also like I have to be honest with like myself and the people that try to come to my shows. You know, like Plus, it... you're allowed to have your own opinions too. That people yeah. forget about that. Oh so. yes, they fucking do. I hate that. Um, dude, yeah, fucking a. Well, well, what's like? I've never been in that upper echelon of the music industry. You know, like what? What is something from like the Abco days that like stuck with you, or just like, like, you know what I mean? I would say the money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I love okay, it. give me an example. So I'm not going to name names, but uh, I've seen label deals from certain labels where my old job would spend that entire record budget in one month on coffee. Yeah. So like it's Jesus. Yeah. It's it's, to to go from, you know, I'm talking doing chargebacks at at Walmart and advertise like hundred thousand dollar ad campaigns and then it's kind of annoying when you have to fight for like four hundred dollars for facebook ads you know yeah but we could go into that all day long <laughs> seriously one second there we go. Just gotta tell somebody i'm in the middle of something uh you know how it goes always getting yeah. hit up for everything um 
Oh, it's okay. Uh, though it's I okay. do want to tell you, gonna watch this. Uh, it it was cool. One thing that it always stands out when I worked at Apco was I heard Bowie, Spotify. Leave it alone. Spotify months before it was it came to the United States. Like oh wow, that was like yeah, like we had the we had the codes to get on Spotify like seven months before it got public. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So that was like you kind of like witnessed history happening basically with that. Like a lot of us say like I remember MySpace or I remember this. But like, you know, like, you know, I I can say I remember the change, like what MySpace did for us. And then like it leaving and how it just nothing's been the same since. You know yeah. what I mean? Facebook tries, but it's all about the algorithm and Zuckerberg making fucking money. And yeah. you know what I mean? Tom cared about money, but not enough to fucking destroy things for the people who use the platform. Yeah, exactly. Tom, where are you? We need you, Tom. Tom from MySpace. Uh, what were you going to say? You said you had... You had kind of... Oh, no. I was about the, the Spotify. It comes oh, in yeah. early days. They weren't sure how to license it, and you know how they weren't sure how royalties were gonna, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, now it's, you know, I guess it's figured out for the most part. So. Well, and then that fucking asshole was like, "Oh, you know, like we'd pay out more if you put out more music." And it's like, dude, like only the top like five percent of your artists release music every three years. Like ninety percent of the people on your platform consistently do singles and albums and those are the people that are bitching about what you pay yeah you know like if you think metallica putting out a record every five years cares what you fucking pay them out they don't because it's still a fucking metric ass ton of money yeah it's uh i didn't get a chance i i saw the headline i didn't get a chance to read that article it's like that was basically the summary is is like you want to complain that you're not paid enough but then you only give us a, a new pr- you only give your your consumers and your distribution platform a new product every 3 to 5 years like what the fuck and it's like yeah that that's and it's like dude what like are you you literally must only be talking to like the upper echelon of your clientele if you're that stupid how often do you think artists should be releasing music in your opinion I mean, I'm a big fan of the nine to 10 month album cycle. So like, you know, you push an album for nine to 10 months and then you get ready to release another record. It doesn't need to be exactly like a year on the dot, but like, you know, roughly the year album cycle, but it also depends on how much the artist is touring. Like, cause a lot of bands take the approach where they only tour like two big tours a year. So if you're only doing two big tours a year, I mean, like, I think every band should do at least three full U.S. tours per album cycle, you know, and that's like bare minimum. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if it takes you 12 months to do three full U.S. tours, then, OK, your album cycle is going to be probably yeah. 14 to 16, you know. But like in a perfect world, you, you know, you release an album when you're on tour, you tour nonstop for the first four months and then you do like two bigger tours after that. You know, obviously, yeah. depending on like your situations and of and course. hype and rollouts and connections and your team and your agent and yada yada yada. You know what I mean? But I still think that, you know, like I'm still fine with nine to ten months. 
You know what I mean? Like a lot of the artists I have that have done that, it's been great. And then you have bands like Acacia Strain who can just keep putting out music basically whenever the fuck they want and it goes well. Yeah. You know? I, I like I like after X amount of singles, then roping it all together as an album with new material. I'm a big yeah. I, you know how it's like attention span is so short these days. Oh my god. Yeah, I was gonna get to that next. Like uh, I don't like the whole typical two or three songs and then the album comes out then, you know, like I have a couple of bands that are Kind of, that have music that they're waiting to release and some of us have we've just been saying like fuck it like let's just put out singles for six months and then drop the record and it's yeah. funny that i have multiple bands that i'm having that discussion with and then fucking acacia strangers did it you know yeah. they were they released what eight singles and then put out a full length with only two more songs on it and charted number one for the i think the first time in their career maybe like, yeah. I don't remember if that was their first time, but even for like a, a metal band, let alone, you know, Kickstream has been, been around for fucking ever now. No offense if any of those guys ever hear this, you know what I mean? But they've been around forever. And like, the, yeah. that's so tight. Like the fact that they were just like, we're going to mix it up and just do singles. And then re- they were, they did two singles at a time and then they release each one as a vinyl. Yeah. And then they yeah. fucking dropped the whole album together. And there was only two or there's only like two additional songs on it. Like I would love that. Like if a band releases six to eight songs and then drops another two to four, like 10 with a 10 to, you know, 10 to 12 track record. Like, I think that's a fucking smart ass way to do it. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, it's funny. You mentioned vinyl. It's God. I remember when that was coming back and God, now cassettes are fully here, I guess, you know? Oh yeah. And especially in like the hardcore, the hardcore world, like, you know, vintage just always ends up coming back, you know? And I think that that's a prime example of that. It's going to happen with CDs. You know, it, it goes around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem now is that like, you got people building the iPhone docks in their car. You know what I mean? Like they like, yeah. so stupid. It'll, it'll come back eventually. People like, well, you know, when, when all of us turn fucking 45 or 50 and it's like, Oh, I, f- I found this booklet of CDs in my, in my attic, you know, it all, it's, all it's going to take is, fucking cardi b or one of the fucking kardashians or somebody like that to tweet like this is so vintage and cool and then like next thing you know there's fucking like cd chandeliers and all this fucking like horse shit made up made from our past you know what i mean yeah 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 god time flies don't even joke about being i'm i turned 35 in january oh there you go. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. I I just turned 34 in May, so I fucking feel it, dude. I'm getting up there. Oh, Earth to Mishko. There we go. You there? Sorry about that. No, you're good, yeah. dude. You're good. Like I told you, I had a previous guest who recorded his episode outside, and his fucking hotspot overheated in the middle of the fucking thing. So I had to just freestyle for like five minutes while he reset everything. Well, I'm glad so. we are doing. Later, because where my office is, the next lot of land over that way, um, yeah, they're doing construction. So like, it's been rumbling the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so, probably couldn't do the episode last week because they were fucking. There was like, uh, like the water burst in the apartment next to mine. So they were like, and it was leaking to the apartment below. So they had to come in and like do work in both apartments, fix rip, rip up flooring and shit. And I was just like. I cannot do anything with all this fucking noise going on. 
Yeah. Well, we've been trying to have, we've been planning to have this for a, for a hot minute, but I'm glad we're, we're able to do it now. We have it. I agree. And yeah, man, well, well, like, you know, I, I feel like a big thing, you know, you're good with royalties and, and, and that stuff. Like that's your yeah. fucking niche, bro. Like we've even talked about like you writing a book or doing like an ebook or something about it because like you have so much fucking knowledge up there. Like I think a lot of bands don't really realize what they can get paid for in a royalty sense. So like, what is like, what's, what's something that you feel like Alexa, stop listening. She, <laughs> she does that dude. Like I don't need my lamps turned on right now. Like she's spinning and talking to me and shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, like, what is something that you feel like a lot of bands don't realize or know? Like, what is like, what would be your number one advice when it comes to like royalty stuff? Get if you're a big touring, like if you tour a lot, my number one would be make sure your ASCAP or your BMI is taken care of because that data has to be entered. Um, I'm working on a client right now. Ex manager didn't give them, didn't enter their, their royalties. And I'm, ch I'm chasing retroactive seven years of back. And you mean, you mean performance royalties, correct? Yes. Yes. So, um, so for like a smaller band, like, cause I, I have a lot of bands on my roster that I know, probably don't even have bmi accounts you know what i mean because yeah. a lot of metal like smaller metal bands don't worry about that stuff you know what i mean oh, so like so like you know if it, they were not even bmi members and it's never been turned in like you can still go back and retroactively like chase that down right oh did i ask a tough question there we go You with us, brother? You there? Yeah, I'm good. I think I'm losing you. No, we're good. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. But so basically, like, you know, bands that have to oh, 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 you're frozen. Well, everyone, let's see what happens here. He might come back. He might not. We might have to have a part two. I Who think knows? we're back. Oh, there we go. There we go. It wouldn't, so, be, it wouldn't be your show without some kind of interruptions. Yep, of course, dude. Of course. Um, Yeah, so. Oh, my God. Who the fuck is blowing me up, dude? Jesus Christ. Sorry. One second. No, that's all right. Uh, but, no, going back to what I was saying is that the, the first thing is, you know, get your your tours in especially now with covid going on dude it's you know there's bands missing out on money like it adds up yeah well and so what i was trying to ask before you you cut out was so like even smaller bands that have toured and played live somewhere right the, as long as they've put out a record on a label they can go back and claim performance royalties right they can but they have to contact like their representatives and they have to make the phone calls and they have to do some digging. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, most people don't realize that like, even at a smaller level, they can get, they can get paid a little bit for playing. You know what I mean? Like most yeah. people don't, they don't realize that. Oh. And so that's what you're having to do right now for one of your artists, right? Yeah. It's, it's, 
between the royalty, I would say my two specialties are the royalties and the sponsorships. Those are the those are the, the pretty like the niche things that I I've learned from the because I consider my career having two halves. Mm-hmm. You know, working for a corporate label and then going on my own, and that's yeah. how I learned how to do you know the the sponsorships and the royalties. You know, from my APCO days, which are your specialties. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, well, word. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so basically make sure everything's entered, take track your money down. You know, I am not very good at BMI, which is actually some stuff I have to talk to you about later, but that's not the point, you know, um, but I started learning it. I had to learn it for, for arrivals a while, you know, like two years ago. And like, you know, yeah. I, I always encourage bands like, and I want your opinion on this, you know, it's stuff that's still kind of hard for me to understand, you know, um, and, you know, we're always learning as we get older and as we go along in life. But, like, I encourage all people, like, bands to have their, their shit together. To have their shit together um, because they need to know what's going on with BMI because they need to know when they're missing out on money, just like you're saying. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, even if they don't want to do it themselves, like, if you want to pay your manager to do it or, I mean, I guess some would argue that that's what a manager is there for. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's good, but you should still understand what BMI and ASCAP and all that stuff is because you need to understand what not that not necessarily that you're missing out on money, but why you're missing out on money, right? Because yeah, it's you know, you've got you know, your BMI and your ASCAP, which do your live performances, and then mm-hmm. you know, you got your sound exchange, which collects on your master for digital transmissions, and then you got you know, Song Trust which collects on the publishing side, which, you know, so I highly recommend everyone joining song trust because that gets you additional royalties. Plus that helps you join societies for the rest of the world. So it's, yeah. you know, as long as you have your BMI or ASCAP and then song trust and sound exchange, you're pretty much covered. I mean, there's some neighboring rights uh, companies, but we're talking like the nitty gritty and some of those like in Europe, you actually have to send in, like you have to you have to file paper you have to mail it in so but like oh. um, yeah it's it gets real deep it get, it does so how's my feed am i cutting out i'm getting a little bit of a lag on my end uh no i think you're fine i i mean i think you're you've been good since you readjusted you know what i mean i think i think we're all right fantastic yeah um yeah, man. Well, dude, you know, we've been doing a lot more work over, you know, together the last couple of years. Um, did we first meet at So What, right? That was where we met the first time. Or was it Nam? Um, I God, I don't even remember. I think it was Nam three Nam. years ago. Right? Yeah, something like that. Three? I think it was yeah. three years ago. Yeah. And then obviously I saw you again at the last Nam I attended. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had some we had some ranks. <laughs> Yeah, it was a fun time. Me, you, DePont's whole team. It was dude. the squad, dude. Yeah, I had, I had some of the rest of my pinup team there. You had some of your ten and eighteen there. A bunch yeah. of your bands, a few of my bands. Last time we did it was like the least amount of bands I've had on the roster come through. But the first two years that we did it, we had a lot of our our roster there, which was tight. It's a fun time. It's I I like not not just Nam like any conferences. Yeah, fun. I'm a big proponent. Like I. That's like you want to talk advice for bands. Conferences are underrated. Mm-hmm. So I agree. 
everything from Nam to launch music, all of them. And like, I always have, I have bands say, well, what is like, it, it's you, you get out of it what you put in. I've yeah. gotten so much business from conferences. It's not even funny. Like, it, like yeah. I, I try to do as many as I can because it's like that face that like face to face over social media and phone calls and emails trumps it, it 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 beats it all it does yeah i know i agree i agree like you know i was supposed to do uh what is it what was that millennium with you yeah, millennium. and i yeah. couldn't because of some health issues with my family and i was bummed because i really wanted to do that but then like yeah. you know I, dude i've been a big fan like i wish the west coast had more we don't have a lot you know what yeah. i mean like it sucks there's nam but that's you know the, the learning is not the focus there you know what i mean and then like you know saliba does his vegas music summit which is fucking tight i i went last year and it was done really well i really liked all the panels and guests he had and yeah. the, the setup and the flow is super tight as well um but like there's not a lot like on the west coast like you know a lot of that stuff's midwest east coast um you know i did yeah yeah, well, Nashville is the music capital of the world, as they say. But, um, yeah, man, dude, what's your what's your favorite conference? Like, if anybody watching this gets a takeaway and that like, goes to check one out, like, what what do you think would be the number one one you would recommend? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I would have to say Nam because it's just it's sensory overload. You know, True. when you walk in, like, it's, you know, I'm not a musician, and I still have a blast. And plus, you get to meet, you know, I use that time to meet West Coast contacts and stuff like that, but it, it is sensory overload. Um, you know, you have to put in the legwork, but, like, you know, I've gotten so much business from there and met so many reps, yeah. and it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's what not to mention the after parties are great. That that's that's the thing that a lot of people don't even talk about is like the yeah. after party. You know, well like, like I'm yeah, I mean I feel like one thing that like you are my companies both do well that like some of the other like mid size artist managers is like endorsements and a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like it's not easy to do. It's like a lot on your relationship. It's like it's equal parts like Ooh, excuse me. It's equal parts like the talent of the band, but also the relationship you have. And like Nam really allows you to like hone that in. You know, like we have great relationships yeah. with ESD and Orange, and Nam has just helped those yeah, grow. Alex, you know, yeah, yeah. Alex fucking rules over there. And then Tony at ESP is the man. Like, you know, we talked to. Uh, well, it's we don't. Our, we have a new Mesa rep, but Tim was our Mesa rep for a long time. Great dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Like always, always took care of our bands that wanted to go that route. You know, um, so Nam is—I mean, you get to check out Sick New Gear, you get to network with people. You you will definitely run into like bigger musicians yeah. and stuff. Like plenty of friends, plenty of so much networking. Like like you said, the first time I went, yeah. I was like, holy shit! Like it's sensory overload. Like I I needed a drink just because of like all the nonsense of like. Like there's all, it's so fucking loud. And then there's like people over here, people over here, people over here. Shit. I need to go. Like I had to run so many places the first two days just to like shake hands and talk for five minutes and then run away. And I was like, I'm fucking tired, dude. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Next year would have been my fourth year going. And I got to speak on two panels 
this past year, which was fun. It's that was really cool because like, you know, after your panels, you know, you get to meet up with people that like attended your, you know, your panels and you get to talk to them yeah. or not. But it's uh, it was cool going as a, a speaker this past year rather than just an attendee. It was a little bit different. It, it was cool. I like. Yeah, I would love to do that. I just I actually have no idea how to even reach out about that. Well, but so maybe you can help me with that when we get it, when we're, when we're done here. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. Okay. Well, like, you know, let's, 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 let's rip off the subject matter. Let's swerve. Let's talk about you a little bit. Let's talk about right. you. Let's talk about you. What, what is your favorite thing about working in the music industry to you? It's different every day. 100%. That's fair. Everyone works in the music business can attest to this. It's, 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 you deal with different people, different attitudes, especially as a manager. Like I'm working on like today, sync deals, working on some back royalty stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously things have slowed because of COVID. Jeez, but, yeah. I mean, don't even get me started on that. But anyways, yeah, it's different every day. You know, and I, I love being able to grow with the bands, push the bands. And, you know, it's, I've got some pretty long relationships with some of my clients. Awesome. Awesome. I would agree on most of those points, actually. So I, I, I have no rebuttal for you <laughs> at all. Great okay. Well, I used to, yeah, I usually have a couple of questions that I ask people that are a little bit more garnered towards people who tour, but I know you have toured. So I don't think I need to really change them for you. So uh, let's start okay. with the easy one. You ready for an easy one? Yeah, don't get it twisted. Before you know, before marriage and kids, I, you know, I, I I I did my fair share of touring. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, here's an easy one. What's your favorite color? Uh, green. Excellent. That's the that's the that's my favorite, and that's also the running winner of all the people I've asked. So perfect. I mean, um, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh what's what is like so so what's your favorite food that you can't get in ohio like you can't get at home okay um like 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 what what food do you miss not being able to get on tour oh um uh, shit you okay you i gotta think about you don't have one. to choose you don't have to choose just one you can give me like a couple uh, that's easier. Going to Texas. Okay. Texas has got uh, good Tex-Mex, obviously. And then barbecue from Tennessee is good. You know. Barbecue, man. You just can't can't I, beat it. it. It's it's not the same. It's not. Like Memphis barbecue hits different. It just does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I generally prefer Memphis to Kansas City. But that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. All right. All right. All right. What is, um, what's your favorite beer or favorite thing to drink? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, whiskey. Yep. I well, I mean, I, I'm a tequila guy now, but I, I was a whiskey yeah. man for many, 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 many years of my life. 
I can't get behind White Claw. I'm sorry. Hate me. I'm That's okay. I can't. I can't. It's they're just, just they're, it's just so easy to slam them back, and they're they're low calorie, bro. And you know, I got to worry about that. I know. I just I'd rather. I don't know if it's beer. I like Guinness, but if it's not, I oh, like whiskey. Okay. I mean, I'm there's nothing wrong with whiskey. I just lately I'm I'm drinking more tequila. You know what I mean? It's just it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, tequila, many fun nights with that. Oh yes, yes. All right, <laughs> two tough ones right now. Sheets or Wawa? Sheets. I knew I loved you. Uh, it's all over Ohio. There's no fucking. Yeah. I lived in New Jersey. It's sheets all day long. MTO subs. Get the fuck out of here. I love it. I love it. Come on. Um, okay. I, I will say, not, I, not to interrupt, I am ashamed. No. I have never been to the holy ground of Bucky's. Oh, dude. Bucky's isn't on the list because it's a fucking that's a whole nother like echelon of stuff like up I've, here, dude. I've never had the chance. So dude, I, I've well, missed you you have to one of these times, dude. Yeah. I have had their cherished uh what are they called? Beaver nugs. The beaver nuggies, dude. Oh my god. Those are good. <sighs> I've had people back to me. Defonce actually just sent me a uh, a tie-dye Bucky's beer koozie. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and your ten and eight management beer. Cookie. Yeah, I have. I literally they showed up like a week apart from each other. I was like, I'm stocked, dude. I'm locked and loaded now. Got one for each hand. Yep. Oh, you're right. You're right. There you go. You're right. Okay. In and out or Whataburger? Whataburger. Hmm. All right. All yeah. Right. I, just, I, I don't. Yeah, whatever. I just in and out is just it's not bad. I just I don't know. Yeah. It's is one of those things where you know like when you hear about something and then you hear about it and you hear about it and it's like it's good, but like you just people fucking throw it in your they're like, Oh my god, you know, yeah, whatever. Dude, that's how I am with music. Like if if everyone's like check this band out, check this band out, check this band out and then like I listen to it and it's not yeah. like over the moon, like this is the this is album of the year. I'm like, this sucks. Like this was way overhyped. Yeah. Now we're not saying in and out sucks, but yeah, it's just like you try and it's just like, eh, eh. Yeah, you know. No, I hey hey hey. I don't agree with you, but I can understand where you're coming from. You know, uh, I eat both, so I'm not I'm not you know I'm a chubby guy. I I I, uh, I don't discriminate. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Same here, dude. Well, I'm, I'm trying to cut back on the on the on the burgers. So myself. I know, I, I know. I'm with it, dude. I am with. I'm with you on that. Um. Okay, so this is the this is the in depth question, Mish. Of course. Okay, right. you ready? Yeah. Okay. Now, being in the music industry, and being someone as you know, everything we say is critiqued under a microscope. You know, I know you feel that way, especially sometimes. So, you know, this question, this question I ask every single guest on the show, this question. So like, you know, and then also, you know, like with me, I'm a promoter as well as a manager and then, but I'm still a regular person. So like when, when I'm running a show, you know, that's, I call that pinup Joel, you know what I mean? Like that's pinup Joel that you're dealing with. And then like, I'm not as fun 
as I am if you see me at a party or at my house or we're out at a beer, you know, beer garden or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's some things that as a professional or as a, you know, as a business person, you know, you 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 not it's not a facade, but like, you know, you behave a certain way. You know, is there yeah. something about you, like a characteristic or personality trait or like a hobby you have that you wish more people knew about you that like they don't already know? Uh, that's a good question. Um, and I think it has gotten I think people are so easy to judge with posts or social mm-hmm. media. Um, they are. It's yeah, like I'm one of the, yeah, dude. It's 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 sad. It really is because mm-hmm. I'm the type of person I don't make judge on. I don't judge someone until I meet them face to face, which is how it should know, be. Yeah, and I don't like, um, like, like even social media friends. Like I try to like I try to meet everyone on Facebook friends with social media. But as far as like, like I'm okay. So as far as like things that people knew, like I'm one of the biggest outdoorsmen you'll ever meet. I love camping, hiking, fishing, hunting, like all that. And yeah, um, I'm huge into gardening and just the outdoors in general. And and recently just got into old trucks. So I just bought an old truck. So oh shit, okay. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I think the, that's the thing is like, cause most of my, so like, I don't have my own Instagram. It's all, I just do 10 and eight managements and like sometimes people like, like we both love what we do, but yeah, it's, it's like what you said, you're still a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, um, I try to be the same person on social media i try to you know on in the phone on like you know i think the one thing that annoys me is like you'll see people they try to act like tough guys on social media and then you meet them and they're like so timid and oh yeah they're so timid or they're very like business polite all the time and you're like yeah what happened to the fucking smart ass that i'm i'm used to interacting with on the internet yeah it's just like you know they're they're not a troll in real life or they're not you know it's it's yeah it's it's uh, social media has put up a shield amongst a lot of people oh but, yeah um, you know myself um yeah just you know i'm an out i'm an outdoors person you know i, I live on lake erie i love it i'm trying to buy a boat as well too um I, if i could if i could afford it, i'd get a jet ski because have you ever had a sad day on a jet ski no <laughs> no so, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to work in music, live my life, push my bands, have my second kid, you know, just yeah, be, be me. Yeah, that's good, dude. I like that. I like that. Well, you said, oh man, that was that answer. I really, you know, that just, you're just such a nice guy, man. I love that answer. Thank you. And I, I, I can't I can't ever disrespect or disagree with someone who's got like this the strong like it's all about the family mentality. I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah. Well I just I don't know. I just I'm a big you know like I was like I was taught day one from an old school music guy. So like it's okay to pass on an opportunity to help somebody because they, okay. it might help you down. It might not. You know, there's enough business out there for everyone to eat. This whole, you know, yes, of 
course, I want my bands to get the tours and I want my yeah. bands to get the sync deals. But like the whole, you can tell like who's me, 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 mm-hmm. me. It's all about me. And it's just like, at the end of this, it's just like, get the fuck over yourself. Like yeah. people at the end of the day, it's about, you know, people, you know, it's about results and people like you, you do develop a personality and you develop a reputation like it gets around quick like it's um like i you know it's in, in the music and i always tell people the music business is smaller than what people think it is it's way mm-hmm. smaller and everyone knows each other and yeah. but you know but yeah as far as like i just you know i try not to judge people until i meet them and and you know you know i i like to joke as much as the next guy but it's you know there's there's you know there's joking and then there's like just being deliberately trying to be a dick to someone you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree i agree completely it's it's insane dude um what uh what did you i think you said you might have a question or two for me yes i do i, I got a couple i, I got a, i got questions for days uh-oh uh-oh well, I don't know how many we can do, but but let's start fire. Let let's see where let's see where we get. Give me your first one. What do you like better, being a manager or a promoter? Um, that's a very that's that's a multi layered question. I know. <laughs> um, overall, overall. Oh man. Being a promoter is the most thankless job in the music industry, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's that's hard for me because I do it for – I don't do the, – the, the aspect of me being a promoter is because, like, I care about the scene here in, in California. And sure. I care about live music and everybody getting a chance to play and be heard and people have something to yeah. do and at an outlet because music saved my life when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, so like it's just with all the politics and like even the people that come to your shows how they can fucking be with you and stuff like that is is hard for me um yeah it's like i get more satisfaction out of being a promoter but it's more rewarding to be an artist manager especially like when you find an artist like that you take from from you know, they're a local band and you get them somewhere and like every good thing that happens is like a fucking positive is a plus, you know, and it makes you feel so good because there's only so many people that can eat at once as like you were saying earlier, you know what I mean? So like when you're able to get something done for one of your artists, it's like, fuck dude. It's so just like, fuck yes, dude. It's so rewarding, you know? And like, God, dude. So fuck. I mean, if I had to stop being one because of the pandemic and go back and, I would I would stop being a manager and be a promoter. So I guess I like the promoter thing more at the end of the day. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, it does. I got another question. I've actually asked this question to Ooh. a few different people. So I'm actually I'm doing like my own study here. So oh okay okay. I'm a Midwest guy. Yes, I'm from the Midwest. You being a West Coast guy. Um, I have, I'm not going to tell you my answer because I want to hear your answer, but being from the West Coast and having your fair share of traveling and dealing with yeah. all people walking life and music, do you notice certain characteristics 
and maybe work ethics between people like in the Midwest, uh, South region of the country, New York, LA people, Texas, like, do you, do you notice mm. different? Well, I think the overlying theme is that everyone's clicky. And I think that that's a, yeah. a hindrance on the music industry. Yeah. I think that needs to stop. Um, I think, you know, the West Coast people, how do I put this? So like the people like from the Midwest, it's really, they're, they're, theirs are the, the doors that are the easiest to kick down. Like it's kind of like, oh, like so-and-so can introduce you and you pass it along. And those people are a lot more like, you know, a yeah. lot more involved you know like uh the west yeah. coast people I, I mean you know i'm gonna wrap myself out here like we're we're a partying bunch you know what i mean so like if you if you party with the west a lot of the west coast industry people like that gets you in the door better you know yeah. like the take sometimes i've noticed a lot of like like i i hang out with a lot of people from the industry and like we don't always talk business you know sometimes we try to avoid it you know like the casualness will get you a lot farther with west coast people than i think it will with east coast people yeah like east coast people it's very business uh if you're talking about florida i don't know because everybody that lives in florida is fucking batshit crazy as far as i'm concerned so like i don't i'm not even going to comment on that like I, I have friends there i have family there and i love them all but like just like holy shit dude like the, the scenes there are wild the drama yeah. they have to go through politically, the fucking some of the laws they have in the state that are aren't okay, dealing with fucking hurricanes every year. Like, dude, what is going on, man? Um, you know, I I would definitely say that, like, that. I mean, that's hard for me because without trying to like say a bunch of personal shit, because like I exist in a yeah, little yeah. Bubble because like where yeah. I live, like the way California is broken down, like for a long time, if you weren't in LA or you weren't from Sacramento, a part of like Eric Rushing's team, you didn't fucking yeah. matter. Like there was yeah. no industry. You know what yeah. I mean? And now there's like, we've spread out. We're everywhere. We're established. You know, you got hard times shows, which was formerly Bane shows. Got a couple yeah. of, you got other promoters all over the Bay. We're all trying to, trying to piece off stuff while still existing in the shadow of numbskull productions, you know, live nation and golden yeah. voice. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not fucking easy. Um, you know, like I, I also would, from a personal experience, I would say people appreciate worth ethic a little more on the West Coast. Like when I tell people my track record and they're new and they're from here, I kind of seem to get like a little bit more of like a mutual respect than I do when people from the East Coast. You know, when I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this 15 years. You know, people on the East Coast, I I feel as big generalization so don't be offended whoever hears this that it's a lot more of like well where's the money well how yeah. much money do you make and it's like well, a i just met you i'm not gonna tell you that b that's not what it's about you know what i mean it's like what have what have you achieved like that's how i am with both jobs with both companies you know it's like i let my work the work i do speak for itself so it yeah so like I mean, I guess that didn't really answer your question because I don't really know. No, you did touch a point on a big thing that I personally been trying to to break down is uh is definitely the circles and the clicks. Um, I I the last few years I've gotten to know a lot more of the circles and whatnot, and um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I did an industry party back in December, which we we you know kind of broke down a lot of the doors. Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So 
that was a cool party with uh, with all press and um but yeah as far as the the clicks things i i think it's i don't know maybe it's just me it's not as bad as it once was you know but it it was there were certain it was harder to knock down than they are now yeah fair so i'm sure there's any questions i don't i don't want to i don't want to take up your podcast you know no, it's okay. I love, I love, I love the the interactiveness and like stuff like this. You know what I mean? Um, I guess I'll have, I'll have one final thing I want to ask you. Um, I've been doing more of the live stream concert stuff. You know what I mean? I know you yeah. were a big praiser of what Under Oath just did. Um, and some of that stuff, like, how do you feel about that transition? I, I mean, there was that Looney Tooney article yesterday about like live nations pushing for like ripping out the parking lots and everything. And like, you do drive up concerts. If you can afford it. <laughs> you know? Right. So like, what do you think about like the state of things and like, what, what do you think is the best alternative for now? You know what I mean? I think. As manager, as a label promoter, like I, we all want the best thing for bands, and we want live events to come back, and we're all kind of thinking the same ideas. Here's the, here's the, the main thing. Okay, that article you just mentioned said Live Nation ripping out. Like I ain't got the fucking money to rip out parking lots. Do you? Like do you got like it's logistics, you know? Like like. Randy Nichols and his whole team with Under Oath, like, not every band is going to be able to pull that off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that that was a very, you know, um, but I, I will say this as far as the live streaming uh, aspect is, um, it's, I think it's a new, ter- I, I mean, live shows have been around for, you know, online for a long time. You know, oh yeah, it's, and it's just people are just um, actually paying attention now. You know what I mean? Well, they have to. You know, like I'm thinking around some ideas. We've talked about ideas. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I think it's a temporary fix. I do think things will go back to normal. But like, when have you ever said, "Oh, I cannot wait to live stream this con"? Like, it, live shows are always going to be the live streaming show you know what i'm saying like it's yeah it's i i think it's a temporary adjustment to our current yeah. situation that's you know um yeah they're starting to do like live streams at drive-ins they're starting to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know vertical concerts i just i don't know it's if you can crack the code and do something temporarily to help your artists Go for it, you know? Yeah. Okay. I think that's the best answer I can give on that. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I get it. It's, it's a tough question because it's like, do you want to jump down the rabbit hole of like, this is never going back to normal? You know what I mean? Like, I, it's a tough question. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, think of the last show you put on before COVID. Yeah. Okay. Th- and actually, let's do this. When, when was the last, think of the last show you had of like, 500 people 600 people last yeah we 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 did that we did that terror show right before this all started literally like a week before everything blew up we did terror and and the show sold out at like over 400 people okay how the fuck are you gonna do that with cars no i get it 
I think that that's fucking yeah. stupid. I, I am not agreeing with the car thing. Like, I think yeah. the I think the live stream thing works for now. You know, yeah. I think yeah. that um, I think that you know the big issue for me and like you and I already talked about this on the phone is that like the my main concern with it is like everyone is suffering, everyone, not just the artists. So like, you know, like the, those under oath tickets were like what forty five bucks. Something like that, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, like everything I'm doing, I'm doing for free. Eh? And that's not because I'm better than anybody. And I know I could be making money and I'm basically choosing not to, but that's because everybody is suffering. So I'm off. I'd rather give them some sort of reprieve. You know what I mean? Then again, not my, my brain is not wired like anyone else's. I'm kind of a psychopath. I'm aware. But um, yeah, like, I mean, that's really my only complaint about a lot of this stuff is like, I, I understand like why you only do a certain number of spots so you don't have latency issues or, or lag or, or whatever, you know, but I think a lot of that, <laughs> I think a lot of that is smart, but yeah, I don't know. Only time will tell just right now. Yeah. Yeah, just we're doing everything we can to keep busy pivoting and, uh, you know, just hoping for the best and preparing for the worst, but we've always done that. That's that's yep. kind of that's the music business in general. Yep, you right. You are fucking right. All right, I think I think I think that's good. I'll definitely want to want you back for like another episode. Um, I had some shit come up that I need to go handle actually, so we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, okay, thanks for joining me. Tell all these people watching and listening where they can find the company because you don't do social media yourself except for Facebook. Where can they find you? Hit me with it. Ten and eight management.com, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all ten and eight management.com. Verified everywhere. Check us out. Love my bands. It's all about the bands and not me. I'm just the guy behind the curtain. That's I love that. I love that you even said it like that, dude. Damn, you got check marks everywhere, bro. I don't even have that, dude. Something like that. I know you are. So. I would love them, but who cares anymore? I'm just the guy behind the check mark, like or I, behind the curtain. I feel it. I feel it. All right, everybody, this is my boy, the Mishko. Appreciate right you, here. brother. Thanks for listening to us chit chat, Mishko. Thanks for joining me for the chit chat. Most importantly, my main dude. Uh, this it's gonna go up online basically like right now as soon as we're done. I just gotta download it and then upload it. Um, let's fucking party, dude. Sounds good, brother. I know we'll catch up soon. Everybody, this has been another episode of Joel Cupcake Unedited. Hit that fucking subscribe button down there. Thanks to all of you downloading the podcast episodes. I appreciate it. Nicholas, my fucking dude, thank you again so much for being my guest. Everybody, check out 10 and 8 Management, all their artists, all everything they're doing, all their hubbubs, all their shenanigans. Uh, if you uh, need advice on certain things, Mishka is one of the people I go to for advice, and I don't say that out loud very often. So hit him up. He's a good dude to work with. Thanks, everybody. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much.